You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. How we doing, everybody? This is Colin Cook. I am with Elliot Kawaoka. We are uh, coaches and the podcast hosts here of Age Grouper for Life, and we are attempting episode number two for a second time here. <laughs> so we're uh, new to the podcast game. Sorry for the delay in getting this one going, but uh, we actually re- did this one um, a couple weeks ago, and uh, <laughs> the recording didn't come out right, so we're still working out the kinks, but uh Hopefully this one will come out good and we'll we'll get rolling and uh, want to start really producing these more on a regular basis and hoping to have one once every month here. So, all right, so let's jump right into it. So we're going to start with kind of catching up on some things that uh, Elliot and I have been up to. Um, so Elliot, you did a training camp down in Tucson not too long ago, right? Yeah, back at the, I think it was the end of March. Uh, we had a big group that went down. Uh, actually, a lot of people from the East Coast uh, came down and trained in the warm temperature. So everyone was pretty uh, pale looking at the beginning of camp. And <laughs> when it ended, they were red as a lobster. Yeah, not but it was a lot of fun. We tackled a bunch of the climbs. So, I mean, <clears throat> I live in Phoenix, and um, most of the time I go down there just to climb Mount Lemon, but we also got to tackle a bunch of other epic climbs there like Kit Peak and Gates Pass. So it was a good time and a lot of hard work, but I think yeah. uh how much how much you put in for, for mileage? Uh I think it was just under three hundred miles of riding. So wow. it was a it was a big bike week of course, but um a little bit of running and actually a lot of swimming too. We had like a 6,000 yards set uh, at U of A, so that was probably my longest swim ever. I've never attempted those 100 by 100s like ah, like you. We'll talk <laughs> about those around the new year, right? <laughs> yeah, good deal. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I think especially even, or we actually have a few training camps that we put on, and we'll maybe mention those in a little while, but, uh, you know, I think that the early season training camp, Training camps, excuse me, can be uh, really beneficial, you know, especially for somebody like myself living in a cold climate, um, you know. And we'll talk about Florida seventy point three here in a minute, but uh, you know that was one of I only had a few outdoor rides leading up to that, and uh, um, definitely not the conditions that I was racing in. So um, you know, for us, cold climate, and even you guys that live in the warmth, you SOBs, you know, you get to ride outside but uh you know it's it's still great to get out there and do some things like that 
For sure. And I mean, this was my first training camp and I was kind of hesitant on going on it because I, I'm, it's just something really new to me and you're training with a group every single day and I knew I'd get really tired and I'm like, oh, I, just, I hope no one's like really grumpy, you know, towards the end of the camp. And, but it was a total opposite. Everyone really helped each other out and made a lot of new friends and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we do uh, a few camps uh, each year, um, have one in, in Lake Placid, New York, a uh, big one in, in Montreblanc, Quebec. Uh, Elliot's going to do one in Flagstaff, uh, Arizona, and we have one in Maryland on the Ironman Maryland course, so Cambridge, and we're also doing one on the uh, Ironman North Carolina, so uh, Wilmington, North Carolina this year as well. Um, so from the camps in the past, you know, I really... Um, had everybody be thrilled and and find them extremely valuable um you know most of the people are doing um for the ones that are on ironman course they're they're doing that race that year um or consider maybe doing it the following year or something but um you know so it certainly gives those people a tremendous amount of confidence to be able to go train on the course so that you know what you're getting into uh prior to the race um but I, you know just the companionship and you know one of the things that i love about triathlon is the people and you know when you get to spend three four days with like-minded people um you know it's great to learn from others and just to spend some quality time just training you know eating and sleeping is pretty much what we do um during the camps and uh you know they're they're a lot of fun so glad you got to experience that elliot um yep and uh yeah and also like you get to live the life of a pro kind of i mean it's <laughs> yeah, all you do i mean that's your main focus for today is getting your training in and recovering and eating afterward and then uh yeah that's, I mean, that's all you do so i mean <laughs> this camp that i went on was seven days long and you just kind of I don't know. It's a different kind of lifestyle for sure. I mean, you don't worry about anything else but training. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice for us to get a little taste of that every once in a while. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So um, instead of going and doing that camp, I ended up racing uh, Florida 70.3 back on April 10th, which is in Haines City. Uh, so I had a good race. I ended up uh, PRing, and uh, I was second overall and, and won my age group. Um, so given, again, that uh, coming from a cold climate, uh, not much outdoor training leading up to the race, so you always kind of have a little bit of questioning yourself, and um, you know, you're not quite sure what to expect um, when you're heading into something like that. So um, ended up being a wetsuit swim, which was a good thing for me. Um, and then it is, uh, it actually is, it's certainly a, a flat course, but but definitely has more hills than I was expecting. Um, definitely the winds were a factor, and, and the run course actually I found to be much more challenging than I thought it was going to be. Um, but, uh, you know, I went down there with uh, some fellow Northeast multi-sporters and some clients, and um, we, uh, we rented a house together for a few days. And, uh, you know, similar actually experience to the training camps, just not quite as much training, and uh just prepping for the race. Um, I actually did have my, my power meter didn't work. So it was the first time since 2009 that, uh, I raced without a power meter, which was interesting. And, uh, ironically ended up, uh, with my, uh, best, uh, half Ironman bike split yet. So, um, maybe, so that's, maybe, a, maybe that's a topic maybe for another day. Power meter. 
Yeah, you know, I've been joking about that. And it's like, uh, at least if I had the data for afterwards, that'd be nice, you know. But uh, um, yeah, so uh, had uh, a good start to the season, and uh, I'm prepping for Ironman Texas, which now in recording this is uh, less than a week away. Um, getting pretty jacked up for that, and uh, feeling good and, and excited for that one. So how do you feel about the bike course there? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So for those of you that aren't aware, we'll be racing a 94-mile bike loop. Um, With like a million turns. Just over 80 turns. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually going to go, uh, I think I'm going to do my ride uh, Tuesday, uh, find like an industrial park or something like that, and just uh, work on my turning and cornering and stuff like that and accelerations just to get uh, prepped up because you know that equates to a turn almost every you know just over every mile so um it's gonna be a lot of turns um I, I guess one thing i am happy about is unlike florida where i was in i started like an hour after the race actually started and i you know had to pass thousands of people um you know with this race uh, it's self-seated so um hopefully there won't be as much uh, you know, congestion and things like that, um, where I'm at. Um, but you know, definitely a concern is, is hopefully everybody stays safe with that many turns and triathletes aren't exactly known for their cornering and handling skills. So, um, I hope everybody stays safe. But, uh, that being said, you know, and I've, I've heard a few people quite disgruntled, um, you know, about the, the conditions and, um, you know, that it's not a 112 mile course, which sure I'm, I'm not thrilled about, but, um, you know, it is what it is, and and they did their best. And you know, I guess there's also been some some heavy, heavy storms and and rain and flooding and things down there. Um, so it's it's not ideal, but you know, it, it's it is what it but is. But at least you guys, yeah, at least you guys the race. Have a race, right? Yeah, exactly. There was talk of potentially canceling the race. Um, so you know, it, it's uh, should be fun. And you know, with 18 miles short on the bike, I'm I'm certainly hoping it's going to be a PR, right? <laughs> Should be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope so. We'll, uh, we'll yeah, see I mean, this happens. bike course is just really interesting because, uh, like, long course racing, you usually focus on a pretty low VI, and there's so many turns in this that your uh, variable intensity is probably going to be a little higher than normal, right? Yeah, your variability index, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, it, it should be, you know, that's going to be a, a good test and definitely be something good to look at afterwards, but. Uh, that's that's absolutely right so you got to be you know careful and you know that's where that turning and cornering comes in so key is you know if you can minimize the amount of speed loss that's the that much more uh, or less work you're going to have to do to get back up to speed so um you know that's that's going to help you also keep that bi down um so it should be interesting to see what uh what i end up with there but uh definitely something i'll i'll hopefully be uh reasonable with but good point for sure but uh, I'm not one to, to stress or look too heavily at the weather, but looks like it's uh, probably going to be 90 or so, so it should be a warm one. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll see. And you got some good competition there. It's, uh, isn't the, it's the World Championship, right? Or the, the North US American World Championships, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, you know, again, or I just don't really have the time to look everybody up in our age group. Um, but, uh, um I know of uh, some guys that are definitely very talented in my age group, and what I noticed is, I think normally in our age group for like the all-world athletes, they're usually like what maybe twenty 
or so yeah. in our age group. And this race, uh, I think there's 65. So um, could just be more people are, are racing or whatnot. And um, but uh, I think that it's definitely going to be a strong field. Um, but the 75 slot, slots is uh, is definitely nice, and uh, hopefully I'll be taking one of those. Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of nervous for, uh, so I'm doing Whistler in the end of July, and there's only 40 slots there, but um, hoping there's a little less competition there. I, there's just, I, I feel like a lot of people will go toward, a lot of people shooting for Kona are going to go to these races that have a lot of slots. So, yeah. so Coeur d'Alene and Texas, for example. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. Um, you know, maybe this will be a good topic for us some other day. But bottom line is, you gotta race your race, and uh, if you execute, you know, and and did everything you could, um, hopefully that'll put you in a spot to take a slot. But um, it's uh, it's not getting any easier. There's no doubt about that. As they keep dropping slots, as they add races, um, it's it's getting tougher and tougher. So. Um, just be thankful that we have the opportunities and uh, and hopefully go get some. <laughs> just don't do just don't do Whistler, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I already did it once with you, pal, and we were in different <laughs> age groups at that point, so uh, it was all good fun there. Even though, oh, geez, you just brought up perfect opportunity to meet a crap on you here when you know I ran by Elliot, tried to give him a high five, and he rejected, he denied me, kept his hand right down on his side, so. You're trying to get an understanding of what kind of guy Elliot is here. You know, we get out on the run course and one hey, of I'm the, all fun, the buddies high five. I'm all fun games off the race course, but when I'm <laughs> racing, it's war. Uh, all good, but I won't let you ever live that one down, my friend. <laughs> well, uh, we should see each other in Kona again this year. So That sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> Looks like training is both going pretty well for both of us right now, so... Absolutely, yeah. Feeling good about it. Yeah, for sure. You know, we uh, prepare the best we can. We go out there and we leave it all on the course, and we hope that it equates to, uh, to some time in the on the Big Island. But uh, time will tell. Yep. All right. So to that point, why don't we get into today's topic? I probably should have mentioned that at the beginning, um, but uh, we are going to talk about time management and just trying to fit in training and, and being as efficient as possible um, with that. And so uh, I do consider myself to be somebody that knows a thing or two about that. So um, for this one, we're actually going to have Elliot interview me. Um, so we'll see how this goes here. Yep. So I'll start with my first question. So you have two kids right now, and you have your third one on the way coming up, right? Do two months from today. That's right. <laughs> and you work full time, and you're you're a triathlon coach, and you coach swim lessons and and spin class. You're you're a pretty busy guy. Got a few things going on. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So, uh, my main question is how how do you deal with all of that? I mean, just walk me through your typical week and how you manage your time. Sure. So I mean, I think you know the first thing, and I guess, and so yeah, I've I have little children. Uh, my older boy is three and a half now, and my younger boy is is uh, about one and a quarter now. So, um, and then we've got the third due here on July eighth. So, um, it's definitely. Uh, 
a challenge for sure. And uh, my wife is a, a stay-at-home mom, so she, uh, you know, works a lot harder than I do for that on that topic. But uh, you know, she uh, she's she's huge, and and that's what she's doing is is taking care of the boys. So obviously, you know, I help out as much as I can. Um, I definitely try and get all my workouts done in the morning. Um, we kind of have an unwritten rule that uh, by the time, you know, five o'clock or whatever the end of the day comes around uh, that uh, I am done um, with training and things like that uh, from that point. That doesn't mean I don't do any more work after dinner or whatnot, but um, for the most part, uh, I don't do any workouts after. So everything is pretty much done in the morning, which in general, I definitely strongly recommend, um, you know, especially when you're really busy. It's so easy for other things to get in the way and, and things to come up that can sidetrack you from getting your workouts in. So if you can just get up and get them done, um, I find that uh, people that do that are a lot more effective and uh, efficient with getting actually completing their workouts and things. Um, but to me, the, the biggest thing, and it's actually something um, I enjoy, but a couple pieces of it is the fact that uh, I, I enjoy the challenge of trying to, to fit everything in and it takes a tremendous amount of planning and uh, that's one thing that uh, my wife and I are quite different in that regard. Uh, I have, <laughs> for the most part, pretty much every second of my day planned for, you know, seven days a week, um, which uh, someone could argue is not really the, the healthy thing, but uh, that's the way I like it and, um, and the way I operate these days. Whereas, you know, my wife's not much of a planner, so every once in a while we'll we'll clash a little bit where she's saying, oh, why don't we go do this? And, you know, I'm like, well, sorry, I've got, you know, something already scheduled. And um, so we uh, we work through that, <laughs> but um, uh, we definitely uh, are different in that regard. And, you know, when you're that busy, if you don't have a plan, it's it's extremely challenging to, to get things in. And so... Um, you know, I really, I look at the week usually, I definitely always kind of take a look at my training plan and, um, you know, other things, whether I do have to travel a decent amount for my job. So, um, you know, what travel I have coming up and making sure that it, the, the layout that I have for, for my training works. And, you know, I may massage a few things, uh, ahead of hand, ahead of time, if I know that, uh, they're coming, but, uh, for the most part, it's, it's just setting it up to, to make sure that, uh, I know what I need to do in order to, to get those things in. Um, but, you know, a huge aspect that I think of, of why I'm able to do everything that I, that I do is that I'm doing things that I love, you know, and that's really the bottom line. You know, I love being with my family and spending time with my family, but I also really enjoy and, and love uh, my full-time job as a sales engineer for a company called Extra Hub Networks. And obviously, um, you know, coaching, I, I enjoy satisfying, excuse me, my clients getting more success than, than even myself and seeing them succeed is, uh, just a tremendously good feeling to me. And, and I really strive off that. Um, but obviously like to compete myself and, and love living the triathlon lifestyle. So, um, you know, when things get tough and, and I don't know, how I'm going to get everything in, you know, sometimes I just take a step back and, you know, I appreciate how lucky I am to be able to do everything that I can. And, you know, when maybe, uh, you know, motivation isn't quite there or whatnot, that often can snap me out of it to, to keep going and, and making sure I'm getting the things that, that I'm done, uh, need to get done, getting them done. Um, but 
you know, it's, it's also, it's very challenging, you know, when you, you know, I definitely work seven days a week. Um, and I don't know, I maybe, maybe take three or four days off, uh, of, of not non-working, you know, per year, if that I would say. Um, so I'm constantly kind of on and, um, that can be tough and you just kind of have to mentally be able to, to get through those kind of things. And it takes time, um, for sure to, to be able to, um, not break down, um, very often certainly does happen. Um, but, uh, that I guess leads me to another thing that, uh, I value tremendously and that is my sleep. Um, so as busy as I am, um, you know, I always try to get, you know, I shoot for eight hours a night, um, you know, we usually try and put our boys down around eight o'clock, maybe a little bit later. And usually we go down right after. Um, so, uh, I'd say at least six out of seven nights, you know, I'm in bed before nine o'clock. Um, so that allows me to get up, you know, at sometime between four and five, usually every day and feel rested. And, um, I do sleep quite well. Uh, my wife gets jealous from time to time when I pop into bed and, and manage to fall asleep 30 seconds later. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that there's so much research actually coming out these days about how important our sleep is, you know, and especially as, and that, you know, they're saying that eight hours is the minimum that normal people should be doing. So never mind for endurance athletes like ourselves. Um, we just have to be getting our sleep and, you know, you may be able to get away with it for a short time if you're you're not getting what you need, but uh, it's going to catch up with you eventually. So I really try and prioritize my sleep. And um, to do that, I just have to be efficient with, you know, again, pretty much every second of my life, just, just making sure that I'm, I'm doing something and trying to multitask as much as I can. So that's a long-winded answer for you, but I got a few things <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sleep is actually something I need to work on as well. I mean, you bring up a good point is, I mean, I am the type of guy that I'll try to squeeze in all my workouts that I have on my training plan, no matter what time it is. I mean, if I have a long day at work, I'll, I'll squeeze my workout in. So I guess that brings me up to my next question is, what happens if you're just so overloaded? And I mean, you just finished up a huge Ironman training block. What happens if you have a busy day at work and you just can't fit your training in? What what will you do? Sure. So I mean, I definitely um, actually, I'd say you know what one of my hardest workouts sometimes to get in is you know I typically do my long run on Sundays and you know usually oftentimes have a you know like even a thirty minute or a one hour easy spin that I'm supposed to do in the afternoon. Um, or evening, and if I consistently miss a workout, consistent's not the right word, but if I am to miss a workout each week, I'd say that's the one that probably ends up happening the most, and that kind of goes back to my point of trying to get things in in the morning, or that life can get in the way, and other things happen um, as the day progresses, and it's not really that, uh, you know, I don't, um, I'm too tired or whatnot, and I just can't physically do the workout, it's just that, uh, I got too many other things going on and, uh, um, sometimes they end up missing it. So, you know, to me, I always have a feeling and, and it's almost, maybe it's, it's just because I've so engraved in, in the fact that I don't do workouts really at night. Um, but I usually am pretty tired by the night and I certainly, I 
dislike missing a workout just as much, if not more, than anybody. But uh, if I'm tired, you know, I I usually have don't have much of a problem just just letting it go. Um, but you know, if if uh, so, we'll go back to an example of uh, something. I was I was in New York City for work for a couple of days um, a couple of weeks ago now. And so I was supposed to swim on a Wednesday morning, and uh, so I had scoped it out, you know, before I left, I figured out there was a, a Y there that uh, actually I had swam at before, and um, so I got up at, you know, 4.30, 4.45 or whatever, and uh, I ran over to that Y, and I got there just after 5, which it did say it opened at 5, um, but uh when I got there, there was just a security guard there, and like the actual YMCA office wasn't open yet, so they they wouldn't let me in because even though I have a, a Y membership, um, you know I wasn't member of that particular Y. And normally you can go to anyone you want, but the people weren't there for me to get in. So obviously I wasn't thrilled about that. Um, but uh, what I ended up doing is I just ran back to the hotel, and then I ended up uh, hitting the elliptical machine for a little bit. Um, so, you know, obviously with a swim being a, a no impact sport, um, I want to try and minimize, you know, the amount of, of load and, um, intensity and stress I was putting on my body. Um, so certainly an elliptical is not equating to the same as a swim and the specificity is important. Um, but in those circumstances, that was kind of the best I could do. So ended up, uh, you know, did a little bit, uh, of running and then, um, hit the elliptical for a while and, uh, had to have that suffice as my workout for the day. So, um, you know, being able to roll with the punches is definitely, uh, something that you need to be able to do as well. And adaptation is, is very important. So, you know, even when things don't go your way, if you can make the best of it, that's really where you're going to be successful with your training and really in life in general. Cool. So I noticed that you're traveling a lot more for work. And I I mean, do you, what happens if you have a long bike ride to do? Would you, are you going to bring your bike with you or do you find a bike at a gym or how do you, how do you do that kind of stuff? Because I have a lot of my clients that travel a lot and they're like, I just can't bike when I travel because I don't have a bike. Right. Well, so I actually, I cover a territory. So I cover from Toronto to Philly uh, for my job. So some of the trips that I do, I can drive to. So if that's the case, I can uh, take my truck and, and bring my bike with me. Um, but most of the places actually I end up flying to. And um, it's it's definitely not ideal. Um, and like when I know I'm going to be traveling, and I also have the luxury of usually most of my trips are only um, – one to three days. So, um, I can, you know, adjust my training to try and avoid having to, to ride or, or ride a significant amount during that time. Um, but if I do have to ride, you know, uh, you'd be amazed actually at how many, um, stationary bikes even these days have power meters and things. Like I remember, uh, I can't remember where I was, but I saw this, what seemed to be a pretty standard exercise bike, you know, that I didn't think was going to have much of anything to it and sure enough it, it had a power meter in it um which for somebody that that has been riding with power for so long uh it's you know it's heart rate can certainly work and rate of perceived exertion definitely suffices but uh it's really nice when you have those power numbers to look after so 
Um, there's also these, uh, these bikes, they're called espresso bikes that, uh, they're pretty popular across North America. Uh, most of the YMCA's have them now and a lot of other places. And, uh, they actually have like handlebars that turn, um, but they have power meters and they have like an online login where they can track all your stats. And, uh, I've actually got a friend in my club that, uh, he, he loves the thing and he, he, I know he'll go to the Y and like Sunday mornings ride for three or four hours on these things. Um, cause he, you know, enjoys it. And, um, so it's, it's definitely gotten better as time has progressed here. Um, but yeah, you know, with your clients there, I think the the best thing to do is to try and, if you can, you know, if it makes sense, to to minimize the amount of biking that needs to happen during that trip. Um, but obviously, if you're going away for a long time, um, let's say you know for a full week, you need to get some work in there. Um, so minimizing it for sure. But um, you know, there's still ways to to make it enjoyable. I mean, I rarely would give you know a client um, you know a long um, you know let's say. A, endurance ride or you know just straight go out and ride you know in a 65 to 75 percent ftp or something like that you know try and give some intervals and things to help keep people entertained um and at least enjoy it as much as possible make sense yep so how do you prioritize? So if you are really busy at work or you, I don't know, have a bunch of training plans to update, I mean, how do you prioritize all that kind of stuff and, and, and fit in training at the same time? I mean, do you make a to-do list? For sure. Yeah, so that's a good point. Um, so I am absolutely huge on writing everything down. So I make the joke even um, – you know, I have a triathlon swim class I teach every Wednesday morning at the local Y, and I have a decent amount of clients that, that do that, so I'll certainly catch up with them at that point. And, you know, if there's something that I need to do for them, you know, if we need to make an update or, you know, something that I need to follow up on, um, I'll either ask that person to email me or I'll pop my phone out real quick and I'll email myself. Um, cause I like to joke that, you know, if you tell me something, but you never writ wrote it down or, you know, had me write it down, then, then it never happened because it probably won't actually end up happening if I don't write it down. You know, we've got just too much on our plates these days where you can't expect to just be able to, or certainly for me anyways, I guess, uh, I don't have the memory to be able to, to handle all that stuff all the time. Um, and there's, you know, just too many people I'm looking after and, uh, it's too hard without writing it down. So um, I actually do use this online software. It's called Todoist. Um, that's just pretty cool, and I I do have some regular reminders of that. Um, but um, you know, I like to email myself. I, I like to use the maybe we could talk about this stuff some other time. But uh, the you know zero inbox um, kind of style for my email. So meaning if there's I don't leave anything in my inbox unless uh you know I haven't done it yet so as soon as it's it's done I put it in a folder or something so um you know I try and operate and right now actually I have pretty close to a zero inbox which is very nice feeling um but writing those things down and making sure that you're staying on top of it um going hand in hand with that is my Google calendar which I'm constantly looking at and and planning you know based on that um so having those those things that you're recording to and then using to to plan or um, make sure you're getting things done is absolutely critical cool so 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at my list of questions I ask you, and I'm trying to think of uh, yeah, no the next one. So, um, so you used to be a big fan of napping. Are you are you a big fan of that still? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love to sneak my naps in when I can. Um, okay. You know, it's definitely can be tough when you're on the road and you're in front of. Uh, my case, I, I work a lot with our partners of our company, um, so I'm at their offices and things like that. So, um, can't say I've ever gone into uh, in a, a, a partner's office and asked him if I could sneak away for a quiet place to take a quick cat nap. But um, you know, I do when I'm not traveling. I do work from home. So, um, you know, usually when uh, I can't, I try to, as much as I can, um, sneak a nap in around lunchtime. So maybe I'll um, eat lunch and then I'll take a quick cat nap. And so for me, that's literally, and actually today I took one, um, it's usually 10, 15 minutes absolutely tops. Um, so, you know, I, and that's the, the whole time, not how long I'm asleep or whatnot. You know, I, I set, um, there's actually a, a nice little app that I use, uh, pulling it up on my phone right now, drawing a blank on the name of it. Um, there's Sleep Cycle that I will use if I do need to set an alarm. Um, and then there's, it's by the same company, but another app called Power Nap, um, where you can set up, uh, you know, timers or whatnot. And usually, actually, I don't even need the timers, but obviously, when you're working and uh, it's in the middle of the day, you got to make sure you don't uh, oversleep there. So um, I use those, but um, for me, like I can be exhausted and I get that 10 minute power nap in and I feel like a million bucks. And uh, there's definitely a lot of research coming out as well. You know, again, going back to the sleep topic where um, a quick power nap can, can do wonders for you. So I'm definitely one of those people and uh, um, would recommend it if you can. Cool. Okay, here's a question for you. So what are some uncommon ways to work smarter instead of harder? Hmm. Work harder and then or should mm, be smarter I, instead I of harder. Your, I stumped you right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think ultimately, and actually it's interesting, uh, Jesse Thomas, um, you know, professional triathlete, and he also writes for triathlete, um, he just he just wrote a I like his write ups. Um, he he just talked about how aid groupers are actually um, really bad at going easy, and you know we talk. I try and certainly talk it up with my clients um, where you know you want to make your your hard days hard and your easy days easy, right? And you know if you find yourself just constantly right in the middle there, you know you're probably gonna not gonna progress very much at all or not nearly as fast as if you're able to to work, you know, really hard when you wanna when you need to work, and then when you take it easy. Um, so he was saying how he actually does some training with some um, some age groupers, and that he doesn't like doing that that much these days because they don't take their easy stuff easy. And so when he's trying to do an easy workout, he can't really do it with them because they're trying to go harder than uh, than he wants to go. So I think. Ultimately, it comes down to you have to have trust in you know your coach or your plan, um, and hopefully it has some some easy workouts and things in there. And but uh, you know it's it's being able to to follow that and trust it and respecting how you know even how effective really even those easy workouts can be in in improving your fitness and things. 
Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm on Strava and I, I follow a bunch of pros and it's amazing. Like they go out for runs at 10 minute mile. I mean, it's, it's amazing how slow some of their recovery runs are. So, I mean, it, it's something that I used to have an issue with and I just kind of figured it out the last past, the last years. I mean, you really got to go easy on your easy days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I actually just had, uh, it was an email conversation, but I have a client that uh, she's training for her first Ironman this year, and she told me that uh, um, she knew obviously that it wasn't the right thing to do. But she told me that um, when I when she, when I've given her easy runs to do, she'll go out and find like the hilliest course that she can find for that duration. <laughs> so <laughs> so that it looks like you know her her pace is is slower or whatnot. Um, and she. Actually- she actually told you that she did tell me that which i guess is good <laughs> we got that transparency going but uh you know um i definitely find myself the opposite uh where you know when i'm trying to do easy i'm trying to find the flattest course i can find you know and um not to say and i'll admit uh, every once in a while i am guilty of of going a little harder than i should um you know it's it can be tough sometimes but you know it's yeah, and I, I mean, I feel like, I mean, most triathletes are type A and they want to just kill every workout, but sometimes you just got to look at the overall picture and you got to, you got to be, you got to just see like, what's the purpose of the, this workout? It's not to go all out. You got to, I mean, a lot of it is just kind of active recovery. For sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> You know, that's, it's, it's just so important. And, you know, the longer I've been in the sport, you just continue to see how relevant and and how important it is, you know, from just a general fitness standpoint and also an injury prevention standpoint. And even mentally, you know, I think, or I guess it can go both ways. If it's killing you that you're not going hard, then uh, maybe that's a bad thing. But, you know, you, you can't be stressing out about, you know, challenging workouts all the time and stuff. And you need to be able to just relax and, and enjoy um not to say and i enjoy working hard obviously as well but uh you need to have those that balance there yeah i just don't like going slow i guess that yeah. that was my issue with it but well that's that's I, part of the problem right there is yeah. uh is, right. is strava right <laughs> right you you're always want, trying you to upload that workout that says what you know you only went this fast you know <laughs> you're getting soft elliot no <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's tough. Then you got to then you got to deal with everyone's crap for a couple of days, talking, right. just well, ripping up your slow run. Yeah, yeah. I, I've made some comments sometimes in my own workouts there that like um, I haven't done it recently. Maybe I should do that. Uh, but yep, you know that slow, you know, and things like that um, to try and stress that point to my clients uh, and things that are that are following me on Strava. Yep. I mean, another point. Um, towards the smarter versus harder concept is just getting in a proper warm up and a cool down in in workouts. I mean, I can't stress that more. And Especially like you said, a lot age. of people get so caught up in your pace on Strava or Garmin Connect now that you can follow other people, and so they're all they're all into their overall pace for the workout, and they so they skip their warm up and cool down. But I, I think that's a huge mistake as well. Uh, for sure, it's a great point. You know, you got to be smart about that, and you have to be able to, you know, uh, it. I mean, again, it, it really it comes down to what your goals is goals are. If you know, if, if impressing your friends on Strava is, is your goal, then fantastic. You know, uh, 
and you don't mind, you know, increasing your risk of injury, go for it, you know, pick it up. But if you're result driven and you want to dominate on the course where it really matters and you want to set PRs, you know, you got to be able to be mentally strong enough to say, all right, let it go. I'm going to take it easy and do what I'm supposed to do here. And I know that's, that's what's going to give me my best results. I had a big talk with one of my clients the other day about this and I'm like, you have to warm up and cool down. And if you don't want to record it on Strava or your Garmin, you don't even have to start your time. You can just warm up without your watch. And then when you decide to start your workout, then you can, then you can record your data. Exactly. Yep. So, um, so I guess my last question to you. So I mean, I sometimes get in big ruts and I don't know, with work or personal life, you just kind of go through some low points and it's mm-hmm. just hard to get training in sometimes, just mentally, just hard to get mentally into it. So what are ways that you do to improve your focus? Yeah. Well, and, and honestly here, I, I think, you know, the last couple of years in like, I think it was, it's always seems to be around February or so. So, you know, again, as a New Englander here, you know, that's kind of the the deep part of the winter. You've already been training indoors for a couple months and, you know, the there's minimal light and it's just kind of a dark and a challenging place for sure um, as a as a triathlete where uh, the motivation is, is pretty low. And um, I've definitely struggled with that a few times um, over the last couple of years. Um, but really and it, it kind of sounds cheesy you know in times but you know you gotta just remember you know what you're working towards how hard you've worked up to that point and where you want to go and you know use that um to figure out whether it's worth it for you or not you know maybe maybe it doesn't make sense for you you know and this isn't what's right for you if um you know you're not feeling it and it's it's not you know something that you're enjoying but usually if you can make that one little push to get yourself going to start that workout or whatever it may be um you'll be able to get through it and you know you'll be really proud of yourself and you'll you know succeed and and be much more successful and i think that that leads to you know not only good results on the race course but good results in life right i mean i think that's definitely helped me is just setting goals for myself so not only long term goals so my long term or so this year's goal was to i want to win my age group in canada but i mean just cutting down your goals into smaller smaller weekly goals even or daily goals mm-hmm. i mean that that helps me out a lot yeah absolutely you know it's if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there, right? So, yep. um, you know, if you set yourself up, and it's great to do some benchmarks and hopefully have some, you know, some step goals, if you will, that you kind of build up um, to your ultimate goal um, to, you know, get some satisfaction and um, be proud of yourself for, for what you're doing. Um, but, uh, you know, you're, you and your family, you know, are making sacrifices and whatnot for you to, to do what you're doing. So, um, you know, I look back at that and that was actually, uh, you know, going back to Florida here, um, when I was out on the run and, um, you know, it was, uh, I knew I had a PR kind of was a possibility and, uh, I wanted to, to do that, you know, more thinking that, especially with my growing family here, I, I don't know how many opportunities I'm going to have to, to PR at the half distance or, you know, at, a, <laughs> at any distance, you know, as it gets, uh, 
busier and busier and, um, you know, priorities potentially change and whatnot. So, um, I thought about, you know, my kids and my, my wife and, and the sacrifices that they make and, and how hard I, hard I've worked to, to get there and, uh, um, made damn sure that I was going all the way across that line. And that's a good point. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, uh, I mean, training, training isn't always fun and you, you can admit that to that too. No doubt. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just setting goals and just looking, just being appreciative of, I mean, that we can do this. It is, really is. is huge you know, again, well. It's kind of cheesy, but, uh, we are so fortunate to, you know, be in this sport and, and live in this, this lifestyle. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned this back in the first episode, but, uh, uh, I used to be not a triathlete and, uh, was doing things not good for myself and, uh, really wasn't happy with, with the results that I was getting because of that and where I was headed and, uh, much, much happier, um, in this lifestyle and, uh, feel like I'm, I'm setting a good example for my children and, um, you know, and for the community as well. And, you know, a lot of people look up to triathletes and think it's amazing what we do. And to us, it's kind of every day for the most part, but, um, you know, it's, it's a special thing that we're able to do. And, um, you know, those rare times, uh, hopefully rare times, but people, you know, they, they lose motivation and they may be, you know, don't want to go out for that run or something like that. But as soon as you injure yourself, let's say you hurt your calf or something and you can't run for a week and you just, you know, feel you strive so much or want to, want to run so badly you know, and you just, you forget, you know, how fortunate you were before to be able to, to do that pain-free or whatnot. And, um, you know, we need to, to keep reminding ourselves of those kind of things because um, it, you don't know when it's it's going to change and you need to obviously be smart about it. But like in my examples, most times I've been injured, it's been getting hit by cars on my bike. So, um, you know, those kind of things happen and uh, we need to, to be appreciative of what uh, what we have. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. So I think that wraps it up for me. Do you want to, can you think of anything else you want to share? Um, no, I think actually I got my little notes here. One of the things I wanted to cover, and I think you did a good job with the interviewing there, Mr. Yeah, I think, we, uh, I think we talked about everything we talked about in our last, or <laughs> yeah. in our failed attempt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, that was good. Um, yeah, thanks, I guess, everybody for listening. Uh, like I said, we're going to try and get these more regular here. The goal is to have one out once a month. Um, we're going to start getting some guests on the show here and, and doing some interviews, some other age groupers. Um, so we're going to plan to have a guest uh, for the next one. That will be uh, announced at that point. But um, keep checking out the website, and, um, and hopefully you'll uh, continue to listen here. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.